Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Dorinda Wilson, married to Daryl for 30 years. We have eight kids, ages 28 down to 15. We've graduated six so far, and we have six grandkids. If you're a regular listener, you know that my favorite thing to do is to get on this podcast and bring as much encouragement to moms as I can. And today is no different. Today, I'm going to be talking about learning to listen to your mom instincts. This is something that I I run into a lot and have uh, had happen a lot in my own life is this conflict that I see in the hearts of moms as they're sharing their struggles with me and And then also looking at my own heart as a mom, one of our biggest struggles is feeling like God is putting something on our hearts, but it looks so different than what uh, anybody else uh, is saying it should look like, or even we thought it would look like. It, it, It looks different. And so we have this hesitation and we wonder, are we crazy? Should we be listening? Or should we be listening to all these other voices that are pressing in on us? And the truth is we live in a culture that is pressing in hard on everyone, but especially parents and particularly moms. We are told from literally everyone how we should parent. This quickly causes us to not only not enjoy our kids, but to constantly be dealing with fear. Most of all, it distracts us and it undermines our ability to hone in on our mom instincts. And what I mean by mom instincts is this. I believe that God, um, that as God gives each gives each child to us, he also gives us the wisdom along the way to do what is best for them as we walk through each season with them. This involves a commitment to prayer along with seeking God's heart for our children. The problem is that with so many voices screaming at us through social media, well-meaning or not so well-meaning family and friends, even strangers, and our own ideas of what good parenting looks like, we cannot even hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our mom hearts. That's what I would I that's what I would define as mom instinct is God speaking to your mom heart. Today, I want to talk about three things that can become obstacles to hearing and walking out the heart of God and our mom heart for our kids. I want to encourage you to keep these in mind when you feel like you're struggling to know how to hone in on your mom heart. And after that, I'm going to share my own recent struggle with this. So today, I'm going to use an acronym to talk about these obstacles to hearing and listening to our mom instincts. And the acronym is FOE, F-O-E, which also means enemy, right? So we could say that these things are an enemy to listening to the mom instincts and the mom heart that God has put in us. The first one is F, fear. Fear is, fear is such a struggle for us as moms in so many areas because here's the bottom line. Every mom really does want to do the very best for her child. She doesn't want to shortchange them in any area, 
But we have to be careful not to let that turn into fear. In Timothy, it says, you did not receive a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And let me tell you something, with uh, raising and homeschooling eight kids, I camped out on that sound mind part a lot over the years. Because here's the deal. God is good. He is working in our lives, and He wants to work in our lives, and He wants to lead us. And fear keeps us from hearing that, from hearing that direction. And so we need to be careful that we are not um, doing anything out of fear. We're not homeschooling out of fear. We're not parenting out of fear. We're not doing anything out of fear. So that's probably the biggest thing that we need to ask ourselves. Am I reacting out of fear? Because fear is a very poor motivator with even poorer results. The second part of the acronym is O, and for um, I'm going to attach that to other voices. So we've got fear, and then we've got other voices. So let's talk social media, you guys. I am not going to lie. It is so easy to pick up the phone and scroll, 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 scroll. And I have found that my anxiety level goes up tremendously the more that I scroll. And even the more, even if I'm not on my phone for very long, but I'm, I pick it up frequently to look at it, for some reason, for me in particular, I have noticed that that causes my anxiety level to go up. And so we need to be paying attention to that because here's the bottom line. These, that's just the beginning of the other voices, right? We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We have television, magazines, neighbors, friends, family, the constant barrage of advertising. We've got books. We've got so many books out there. In fact, you guys, this is one of the reasons I did not think writing a book was a good idea. When my husband mentioned writing The Unhurried Homeschooler, he didn't have the title at the time. He just out of the blue said to me, I think you should write a book. And I said, on what exactly? He said, you should write a book on homeschooling. And my response was, like there's not enough books out there already on homeschooling, I do not want to add to the chaos or the voices that are causing mom's stress, including myself. I've had to really steer clear of a lot of that unless and only take in what I believe God has put in front of me. So I was not hep on the idea at all. And um, But he he was said, no, I really think you should. And I said, listen, who would want to hear my story? Who would want to hear about our homeschooling? It was so simple. It was so straightforward. I mean, almost to the point of being embarrassing. If you really, if I just going to be honest, it was embarrassingly simple. And you know, here I am all these years down the road, and you know what? It was exactly the right thing for our family, and I can see that now. But I had to work really hard at pushing these other voices out and just staying focused on what I believe that God was telling me to do with our kids. So I, I, I shared that with my husband that, you know, no one would want to read about this, you know, simple way that we approached homeschooling. And he said, oh, I completely disagree with you. He said, I think moms want to hear this. They will be relieved to hear this. And 
I just still wasn't sure. So I waited quite a while before I even thought about it again. I prayed about it some more. In a long story short, obviously I wrote the book, but I wrote a short book, a simple, mercifully short book, again, for that reason of not wanting to overwhelm moms because because of this, because of all the other voices that are out there. You guys, they are... Um, so vast and varied, as you all know. And I just want to encourage you that you can push those voices out. It is okay to push that all out and to instead take the time to pull back and really be quiet before the Lord and listen for what He has for you. And it reminds me of the story of Mary and Martha. And I know those of you who listen uh, to me, have have listened to me speak or listen to most of my podcasts, you will have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's so powerful. When um, Mary and Martha were having Jesus over for dinner, and um, in that culture, it was a very, very... um, big deal to be a great host or hostess. Um, and Martha knew that and she had her checklist and she was she was going down it. She was checking those things off. She, ha- she was on her game. And she looked over at Mary and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And you know, I can totally see in Martha's mind thinking she is being completely unproductive. We have this list of things that we need to get done and she's not helping. And so she verbalized this to Jesus and said, listen, you know, there are so many things that need to be done. Can, you know, are you not going to basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but aren't you going to tell Mary to come and help me? And Jesus' response was this, Martha, you are concerned about many, many details, but Mary has found the better thing and it will not be taken from her. And I always, always say when I tell this story, it's okay to have a checklist. God says we make our plans, but he directs our steps. So we make the checklist, we pray, we make the checklist, we pray over the checklist, and then we move forward, but we hold it loosely and we allow God to lead us. And so, What Mary understood was that she was a disciple of Christ first. Moms, before we are moms, before we are wives, before we are homeschooling moms or um, Christian moms, before we are anything, we are disciples of Christ first and foremost. And Mary understood that. And so she went to him. And she heard the good that he had for her first. And then she went and did the work. But she did the work with peace and with direction. Do you see the difference there? Again, nothing wrong with the checklist. But when checklist replaces our relationship with God, we've lost. We've lost so much. We've lost everything. We've lost direction. We've lost discernment. We've lost wisdom. So I just want to encourage you in that. So so other voices can be um, an opposition, in direct opposition to um, what God is leading us to do and what he's telling us in our mom heart to do. Another quick story, when our kids were young, uh, one of our uh, one of our boys had a very quick, short temper. He was only two at the time, so obviously, you know, he had lots of growing to do. But I had a person who was very significant in my life, and I really respected, who came to me and basically said, "I was, we were messing up 
this kid. We weren't being hard enough on him. We needed to really bring down the hammer. And so I listened and I thought, okay, maybe they're right, you know? So I started to walk that out. And moms, I cannot tell you how much it hurt and how much it went against everything in me. And when I realized that, I stopped and I asked the Lord for forgiveness and I went to my husband and I said, here's what happened, what do you think? And he said, you know what, Dorinda? If God is gonna talk to anyone about how to raise our kids, it's gonna be us. We need to listen. We need to do what God is telling us to do. And you know what? That young man is almost 21 years old. He's about to get married and his current uh, mentor, mentor and boss said to us, he is one of the most solid young men he has ever met. You guys, we gotta follow God's lead. We need to listen to God's heart for our families. But when I was struggling with that, um, I remember going to the Word and saying, Lord, what do I do? I, I wanna be wise. I want to be willing to take correction and all of that, but but this just doesn't seem right. And, and I definitely agreed with my husband on this, but what confirmed that was in Psalm 37, verses four through six. It says, do not fret because of those who do evil or be or be envious of those who do wrong. Now, let me just stop and clarify there. It wasn't necessarily wrong for the person to share with me what concerned them. But in this instant, in this instance, really the enemy was behind it. The enemy was um, trying to uh, wreck what God was telling us to do by bringing this, this particular person and argument um, and concern into the picture. So we're not talking about the person necessarily being evil. We're talking about the enemy who is out to destroy us. By the way, can I just say, if you are a mom and if you are a homeschooling mom, you have a target on your back. Your family has targets on their backs. The enemy is not gonna go down without a fight. Don't ever forget that every day you battle. This isn't just this isn't a battle of flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle, you guys, for the hearts of our kids and for our own hearts and for the cohesiveness and the and um, what God has for our families. We're going to it's not just going to come. We're going to have to fight for it, which means we're going to have to we're going to have to push back on fear, push back on the other voices, right? So um, let me finish this passage. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. We know how this story ends, guys. The enemy is going down. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and your vindication like the noonday sun. So here's the bottom line. Time will tell. And this is what God was telling me at the moment. Delight in him not in pleasing other people. Trust in him and do good. Know that any of this advice that flies in the face of what God is telling you to do is going to wither because it's not of him. So don't bite. 
Don't give in to it. Take delight in the Lord. Dwell in the land and enjoy the safe pasture with Him. And He will give us the desires of our heart. What is the desire of our hearts? We want to raise children who love Him. We want to raise children who grow up to be contributor, contributors to um, to this world, that they bring the, the love of Christ and the light of Christ to this world, right? That's our desire. So if we continue to commit our way to him and trust in him, he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the vindication, your vindication like the noonday sun. Time will tell. The fruit will come. But sometimes that means we have to just smile and walk away and then just do what God is telling us to do. So the third thing, we've got fear, we've got other voices, And the last thing is E, we have experiences and expectations. So I want to talk about both of of those things. Let's talk about experiences first or lack of experiences. So we all have stories to tell where our parents or our teachers failed us. Sometimes those experiences were defining moments in our life and we equate hurt or neglect, or pain with those memories, and we don't want our kids to have the same experience. So we work diligently to protect them from those. But sometimes in the process, we forget that God is sovereign over our lives and over our kids' lives. Yes, we should try to protect them, but we need to be careful that we aren't making decisions based solely on our own bad experience to the point of being driven by fear. So if we're allowing um, ourselves to make decisions based solely on our own bad experience, what that is is a reaction. That is not a response. So as you look back on those defining moments that might've been hurtful for you, look back and ask yourself where you saw God. Like, what did you learn in that situation? What did you end up taking away? Because I'm pretty sure that there's something positive in there. There There's something good that came out of it. Even if it's just the fact that you're aware not to make that same mistake, we need to be careful that we are aware and follow God's lead. That's a response as opposed to making knee-jerk reactions based solely on our experiences and the hurt and the pain that went along with them. So another example of, uh, of experiences or lack of them affecting our ability to hone in on our mom instincts is in our homeschooling. Most of us experience the traditional classroom during our educational journey, and we often believe that we need to emulate that in order for our kids to be, quote unquote, truly educated. But can we just stop and think about that for just a minute? Spending eight hours a day inside a classroom full of other people your own age, how has that in any way proven to be beneficial to you as an adult? I realize that there are some good takeaways from the traditional classroom setting, and we can take some of those things and and apply them to our homeschooling. But as I have homeschooled longer and longer and longer, it's been 24 years now, I see how little really 
there is in, a, in the benefits, as far as the benefits of, of, of the traditional classroom setting, mainly because I see the magnitude of the benefits of learning in real life. Some people call it life schooling, but living life along one, alongside one another, doing real things, having real experiences. But like I said, most of us have had that traditional uh, school setting experience. I, I know I have. And I think that many of us might even agree that those, uh, those experiences weighed more on the detrimental side. And, and then we be, can begin to think about what are some of the experiences we missed out on? Like as we've homeschooled our kids over the years, I look back and think, oh my gosh, I, you know, in the right scenario, I would have loved to have been homeschooled. I don't think it, obviously it wasn't something my mom was supposed to do because God didn't lead her to do that. And I know that if that was for me, he would have led her to do that because she knows the Lord and all of that. And I had good traditional school experiences, but, um, but at the same time, I've seen just the, the many facets of the benefits of our kids walking out real life alongside one another. My kids are very practical. They have a lot of common sense. They're logical in their thinking. They, um, they just, they know what real life is supposed to look like. Adulting, you know, it's, at first it's, you know, a bit of an adjustment, but they get it, you know, because they've walked alongside of us in so much of it. We've been very real with them over the years about what real life looks like. We've instilled a work ethic in them. But my point is that it's real life experiences that actually prepare us for real life. That makes sense, right? But sometimes we just feel this sort of cognitive dissonance, you know, where there's just sort of like this gap where like we know in our heads um, that that's true, that real life experiences really are uh, more beneficial a lot of the time. It can be difficult to connect our hearts to that idea um, and to remember that there are, are as many ways to educate as there are fingerprints. This is where we really need to engage our mom heart and listen to the ways that God is speaking there. So I talked about experiences. Now I want to talk about expectations. Again, expectations of what this is all supposed to look like, whether it's motherhood or homeschooling. These expectations can very quickly kill the leading that God wants to do through our mom hearts. You guys, like I said before in the story of Mary and Martha, God has good for us. Our job is to be like Mary. I think Martha's checklist, like I said, is a great idea. But when it replaced the relationship, that's when the problems began to happen. And have you noticed that in your parenting or in your um, homeschooling? When the checklist begins to replace the relationship, it's like everything goes sideways because we were made for relationship. We were made for connection. Our kids were made for connection. And I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But with these things in mind, fear, other voices, and experiences or lack of, and expectations. 
I want to share with you our recent personal story, my personal struggle recently. So most of you know that two years ago, we moved across the country and we landed, uh, we went from Washington State to North Carolina. And I'm just going to be honest with you, I have spent pretty much the last two years adjusting. Our kids, uh, our two kids, well, it was three last year, uh, one graduated, um, but the two uh, that are still home, it's, it's been, they've sort of been in, um, oh, just kind of this natural groove that we've always been in. And I have had a hard time breaking out of into anything else. Um, things look very different here for us. We're in a very different season of life. We have more adult children than we have children living at home. Um, we, Like I said, we live in a new place, started a new business, um, adjusting to even some cultural changes, you know, all the new shopping, blah, blah, blah. If you've ever made a big move, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When every single thing you do is an unknown and it it wears on you. So I could not managed to do anything other than our basic stuff that we've always done. We tried to find homeschooling uh, group here that did not work for us. Um, We came from a place where our kids were very involved in a group and now we're in a place where they're not. And I just had to be willing to let go and say, Lord, I know you have something else for us. I don't know what it is, but we're just going to keep plotting and I had to trust him that it was going to be enough. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've struggled with it along the way, but also recognize that I couldn't do any more than I was doing because of you know lots of other variables in the equation. So um, I've felt my share of guilt over homeschooling and I would talk to my husband and then remind myself. And between those two things, um, it really helped, but remind myself that I have six kids already graduated that that can, I can look back on and say, God was faithful to meet every need that we had and to bring us through these homeschooling years and to graduate them and they're absolutely fine. And even though this looks different, he's going to be just as faithful in this season as he was in the last. And I've had to really cling to that. And it's been, it's been a struggle. I'm going to admit that. But... <clears throat> Recently, in the last, well, probably about the end of the last school year, uh, maybe into June or July, I began to really um, start praying uh, more diligently about what God had for our family. And there was some frustration with that because nothing seemed to be clicking. I had ideas, but nothing confirmed and absolutely no plan. So we're going heading into August and I'm still everything I'm looking at feels heavy. You know, you know how it is when you're you're checking things out and and your heart is saying no, that's not right. No, that's not right. So you know everything you're not supposed to be doing, but you don't know what you are supposed to be doing. That was my frustration. And I've had this frustration before. So it 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 was familiar um and so I just had to keep asking God, what do you have? What do you have for us? And I really had to resist the temptation to try to move forward with my own plans. Every time I tried to even take one step forward, it was like, nope, I have been doing this long enough to know this is not going to (laughs) work. 
And, you know, I might even draw my kids into my idea of this new plan and I could tell by the look on their face. They're, they, they're not going to like this. They hate this. It's never going to work. And it was discouraging, but I was beginning to feel this urgency like, okay, we need to figure this thing out because it, it feels like it needs to be different now. Like we need to move forward, but I don't know what this is supposed to look like. So all that to say, um, I ended up going back to something that my own Titus II mom. Um, her name is Carol Ann, and uh, she is just a gem. She's in her 70s. She's known me since she since I was 18. So there are so many things I don't have to explain to her. Um, I do not have not talked to her on a regular basis, but God seems to bring her into my life at very defining moments and use her mightily. And one of the things that she has said along the way that I never forgot um, was she used the word yield. And you could say surrender, but that's where I've been. Lord, I yield to you. I don't know what you have. If all you have is this simple plan that we have been doing, I yield to that. And I'm gonna trust you that this is your good plan for our kids. But Father, if there's anything else, would you please show me? So right before my husband and I left on a trip, we left the middle of August to go back to Washington State, see grandmas, see family, see moms and dads and, and um, brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews. Um, again, I was still praying over this school year and um, I was front loading some podcasts for when I was done. And I know that this was the providence of God. I ran across um, this article that someone shared, and it came from the blog called A Thousand Hours Outside. And some of you have listened to that podcast that I did with Jenny Yurick. I connected with her. I wasn't sure if she was a Christian or not. And so I hadn't read enough of her stuff to know for sure. So I reached out to her and I actually asked her if she, you know, I said, does, you know, I wasn't sure if I was writing to her personally or a, a staff member. So I said, does Jenny have a faith background? She immediately wrote me back. And, and said, oh my goodness, yes, we love the Lord. We love being out. We love being outside because we love to share God's creation and show our kids God through his creation. And oh man, I just got so excited. I said, I've got to have you on my blog. So if you have not listened to that podcast, I would really encourage you to listen to it because it was inspiring. I've had moms writing me saying, this has been a game changer for me. And can I just say on my end, moms, even after 24 years of homeschooling, this is a game changer for me too. Because here's what happened. Back when our kids, um, when we were raising our kids in Washington, we were out in the country. We had a garden. Our kids were outside all the time. Okay, now we live in town. This is, a, this is one of the things that has um, sort of propelled us into a different season. And we found ourselves indoors a lot more. So when, um, even before I talked to Jenny, I was thinking, we need to be outside more. I really need to get our kids outside more. That has always been so good for them, even if they're in high school. It doesn't matter. I knew in my heart and my mom instincts were saying, get those kids outside. But I was thinking, how? How in the world do I do that? So Fast forward, I have this conversation with Jenny. It is incredibly inspiring. And I'm thinking, all right, Lord, I hear you. I hear you speaking to my mom heart, telling me, yes, we do need to be outside more. You're confirming that, right, through Jenny. So I'm super excited about that. I still don't know have, have any idea how this is gonna work, right? So I get on this airplane and I'm flying across the country 
And you know how on some of the flights you can watch a free movie. So I'm scrolling through these movies and I see this documentary. It's called The Biggest Little Farm. And I thought, well, that looks kind of interesting. I'm not always a documentary watcher. So I started it and then I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this. I'm going to check out my other options, you know. So I looked some more and I ended up going back to it. And you guys, seriously, you have to watch this movie. I know people say that all the time, but there's a feeling to this movie that I can't explain. And even though the people who are in this documentary are not Christians, as far as I know, um, the creator is all over this, you guys, seriously. It's about a couple who have never done any kind of farming, who have this idea that they want to have a sustainable farm based on traditional methods of farming. But they've never done, they've never farmed a day in their life. So they've read all these books and they live in the city. And long story short, some investors uh, find, uh, find their idea interesting, willing to uh, give them the money that they need to do this. And they move forward and they buy 200 acres an hour north of LA. Their land was less than fertile. I can tell you that when you watch the movie, you will see how dry and cracked and um, unhealthy it was. And it, it was a, a, a somewhat up and running farm, but not with a lot of diversity. And anyway, long story short, this is a documentary that covers the eight years that they spent in their journey getting this farm to a place where it is, for the most part, ru- uh, running in this beautiful harmony, you know, that only God could create, you guys. And, and, and this is the beauty, it's just such a beautiful story and the, the feelings when you walk away are, there's just such a connection to our creator through nature. So I would encourage you to watch that. But this is something that's always been interesting to me. I, I always did our garden without spraying, without um, you know using anything uh chemical on it but eventually you know your dirt starts to lose its minerals and you, you know you don't really want to mess with the topsoil that anyway I'm getting off on a tangent but anyway the bottom line is I I know that that's something um, that I'm somewhat familiar with like I know how to garden but I don't really know how to garden here per se so this is going to be a new thing what I, well, my point is, after watching the movie, I, it was like all the dots connected. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, Lord, I know what we're supposed to do. Let me back up just a wee bit. One of the things about where we're living is that um, we have three-fourths of an acre behind our house. That's just grass. And when I saw this movie... I all of a sudden had this vision for a small scale, little sustainable garden and orchard and some chickens because we technically are in town. We can't get all the livestock, but we can do the chickens and we can um, work this land and create this little uh, sort of biodiversified small version of what's on that movie of The Biggest Little Farm. So all that to say, 
God used this because I, like I told you before, I was having a hard time feeling settled here. It wasn't feeling like home. That was another struggle. There's a side struggle that I was having. And God used this movie and mainly used this, this vision that he's given me to connect all of those things. Once I realized what we could do in this backyard, this suddenly began to feel like home finally. That's huge for me. It's been two years and I've struggled off and on. I've had moments of it feeling by, like home, but mostly not. But this vision and this direction has helped my heart settle and has helped me see what our place is here, helped me see what our future could look like here. I was struggling with that because I, I wasn't sure what we were supposed to do here. How is this supposed to look? You know, And so we've got this three quarters of an acre. We've got this vision. Um, and here's the bottom line. Life and relationship with God is about connection. Our walk with God is about connection. Raising kids is about connection. Our marriages are about connection. Sharing Christ is about connection. What is unfolding here for us is a way for us to connect as a family as we work outside together and work on this vision and this project. And let me just say, as I presented this to our kids that are home, when I got home, they were excited. It was the first time that I saw their faces light up. And, then, and I saw that God was working. I, I, I have to say, part of me wasn't surprised because I knew this was God. My mom heart was telling me, this is God. Lord, this is you. You've made the connections. But the interesting thing is, this is going to allow us to connect as a family and for me to connect with my two kids that are left at home in a really special and unique way. It's also going to connect us to our community because I plan to find other people in the area, because I know there are a few, that do sustainable farming and ask them to come out and to and to show us what what can we possibly do with this and how should we arrange this how should we plan this what can we plan out here what is our soil like and I also uh, got a big pile of good books on uh, composting and um, and what good soil, uh, how to build up good soil, um, about where to plant things and cross-pollinating and all these things. So there's just this whole um, beautiful package that we're starting to unwrap that God has given us. And it all started with listening to my mom heart, listening to that, that desire to, to all these things that I felt like he was putting on my heart. And even though I knew I didn't have the answers, just to continue to be faithful, to pray about them. Because again, this is about connection, um, I, connecting with my past, having a garden before, having always loved organic and holistic approaches to life. And I feel like God is going to bring us lessons. He is going to, t- he is going to speak to us through this project. And even then, you guys, I have to hold it loosely and let God orchestrate this. And it's interesting because I know in my heart that I have to be thoughtful 
and prayerful throughout this journey with my kids. I need to allow them to go ahead and take the wheel at certain points. Let them decide what projects they really want to dive into and which ones they don't. Let them help decide how we're going to do this and how we're going to solve the problems that we're inevitably going to run into. This is an exercise in letting go, which is another thing that I definitely need more practice in. But you know what's interesting about all of this, moms, is none of this makes sense. Do you know why? Because I'm at a point where I've got one that's heading into high school next year and one that's graduating this next, the end of this next year. Fortunately, we live in a state that's uh, very good at giving us our freedom in homeschooling. Um, But I can tell you that fear and other voices and expectations and experiences, because I've never quite done it this way before, could easily dictate to me that I need to be on my game and my kids need to be on their game, that time is running out, you know, they're heading towards their high school years or heading towards graduation. We need to nail down all those last minute things. Some of those things were beginning to drive me and it just felt so wrong, but I didn't know what to do with it. So here I am feeling, having felt this pressure that time is running out, but instead, what does God do? This is so typical of him. He will do the very opposite of what seems to make sense. God is calling me to slow down, to unhurry, to savor this time with my kids for these very reasons. I only have so much time left with them. And I want it to be a beautiful time of connection with them. And you know what? I have to trust him for the outcome. This is the bottom line, moms. We've got to listen to what God is speaking to our mom hearts, to our mom instincts, and then trust him with the rest. That is what I've been doing all of these years. It just happens that there's been a plot twist here in this season of life. And my faith was tested again to go back to what I know to be true, that he is worthy of our trust. I wanna read a few encouraging verses to you on why, why we can trust him. This is for me as well, you guys. He says, have I not commanded you? This is Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Boy, we can feel dismayed a lot, can't we? Why do we not need to feel dismayed? Because it says here, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So moms, that means even if we're going places that nobody else is going when it comes to parenting or no one else is going when it comes to homeschooling, the important thing is that God is with us wherever we go. Isaiah 26, three says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's where we get the peace. 
not because we've done the checklist or we've done what everybody else thinks we should have done, but because our mind is stayed on Him. Keep that focus on Him. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. There's that word again. (laughs) For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't you love that? Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Last passage that I want to read to you is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. Do you hear that? Trust in Him with all of your heart, not just little pieces and parts, but all of it. Dive in. I'm telling you, sometimes it feels like a free fall. And I've literally said that to Him. I've said, God, this feels like a free fall, but here goes. Do it. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. God is faithful. Never forget that. Don't be afraid to continue to put your trust fully in Him. Push fear away. Walk away from fear. Walk away from the other voices. Walk away from reacting to your own experiences, lack of experiences, or expectations. Hold it loosely. Let God work. Let Him speak to you and through your mom heart and enjoy this amazing journey that God has you on. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have of raising these kids. And if we're homeschooling, Lord, Thank you for the privilege of homeschooling. Lord, we thank you that our walk with you and what we're doing with our kids does not have to look like anybody else's. Lord, give us that freedom. Help us to walk in that freedom. Help us to keep our eyes fully fixed on you. Fully fixed on you, knowing that you are going to take care of us, Lord that you are going to provide for us, that you're going to fill in the gaps, Lord, that you are going to make what we have to offer enough. There were so many days, and there still are days where I say, Lord, here are the loaves and the fishes. They are not nearly enough to meet the demands of the day, to meet everybody's needs, God. But Lord, I bring it to you. I offer these loaves and fishes to you and I ask that you would make it enough. Every day can be a miracle of watching you make what we have to offer enough because that's who you are. You are a good God who never leaves us and never forsakes us. We do not need to be afraid because you are with us. We don't need to be dismayed because you are our God. You will strengthen us. You will help us. You will uphold us with your righteous right hand. In Jesus' name, amen.